Welcome to Full Circle, a vortex of self-love, intimacy, leadership, business, and all things in between. It's a resource for those who wants to create magic and abundance and be activated by incredible leaders, artists, and life stories. It's a place for those who believe in the power of vulnerability, authentic relating, and those who are ready to go all deep and dirty. Get comfortable as we go down the rabbit hole with me, your host Lika, and my incredible guests. Welcome to a new episode of Full Circle. Today I have Jeff, one of my dear friends, someone that I love so much and I cannot wait for you to experience him and his medicine. I'm so happy to have you. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast and yeah, I would love for you to start and just maybe introduce yourself or whatever it's alive for you today right here right now. Well, thank you for that kind introduction. For me right now, it's life is beautiful. I'm here in Mexico. I'm from the United States and I've been here four months. So it's been wonderful just connecting with this energy here and the people here. It's been a wonderful time just growing and learning more and more every day. Meeting you has been a transforming experience, so I'm grateful for you for having me. Thank you. So I'm curious to know what you think your mission is, because I know a little bit about your story and I want to just go with the flow and see where this conversation is going. But I also really want you to talk about what you're creating at the moment, because I think it's freaking epic and it's a beautiful mission. So do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Um, I'm creating an app, a tool that connects people of similar interests, which I believe doesn't exist right now and is needed in the community. So it's for healers and seekers to connect, find each other, and then lead each other toward greater truths, uh, more profound experiences. It's a, I hope it will be used as a tool to really expand on the growth that people have already started. Um, maybe it can be used as something to start the growth from the ground up, but I look at it more like as something that can be used for people to keep going, you know, and find, you know, new, new depths to the path that they're already on. Uh, and just to align, align, find, you know, like-minded people, inspiring people, people that, you know, are assets in their circle, and perhaps to even, move beyond circles that they've created under conditions that were really not ideal for their optimal growth. So once someone sort of decides they want to live a life of, of balance and growth and expansion, uh, they can use Dow Finder to, to really amplify that intention for their life. 
So it's a connecting app. It's basically the conscious Instagram, next Instagram, or <laughs> what is it about? Because like you talk about um, seekers and finders. Can you just expand more on who is it for? And also I'm curious to know like where was like, how did you came up with it? Like what was the trigger for you to build such such a thing? Okay, so what is it for? I had to touch on the Instagram for seekers. <laughs> you know, I think it. I think it is a. It's an app that is designed with a specific use in mind. Whereas Instagram is everything. This app is for something very specific, and so Instagram. It's not really even in the same ballpark as Instagram. It's really like. Like if you're trying to rent your house, you can do it on Instagram, but it's a lot easier to use Airbnb, you know, because Airbnb is for renting your house. And so like, or if you're trying to get a ride across town, you can get on Facebook and like, you know, somebody, can you take me across town? But why don't you just use Uber? You know, it's like, that's what it's for. So Dowfinder is like really intentional for people to, uh, to connect, you know, it's like the community has used Facebook and Instagram and whatever, WhatsApp, Telegram, all the, all the typical Goliaths in the digital space to connect in the, in a conscious way, but why not use something that is intentionally built for that purpose? Amazing. So what about, uh, the, the trigger, what pushed you to create such a thing? Well, it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> the pandemic really forced me to sit down. I was traveling, um, promoting this never-ending holiday that I cooked up in my imagination out on the east side of Nashville one morning. Um, I was laying there in my room with no mattress and just <laughs> I had moved to Nashville. And uh, I woke up and thought, why not? what if this was a holiday today? And um, what if I was celebrating today, just right now? And what would I want to celebrate? And I had this dialogue with myself laying there on the ground. And, um, and I was like, I would call it Peace and Kindness Day. That's what today is. And I said, yes, I will celebrate today as though it were this holiday. And I, then I thought, well, wouldn't tomorrow be this holiday as well and the next day and anyways that really that that line of thinking that morning uh really created a project for me that i spent basically that day for the next 364 days uh, of a year promoting this holiday and so um i went around and promoted the holiday every day uh, for a year and um, that kind of brought me into this like traveling it, it really expanded my life uh, it really changed my life. Just creating that that fictional holiday that morning, and then finding the drive to go out and like just interact with strangers every day and be like, "Hey, are you celebrating? Did you know that today is a very special day?" And no, why? What is it? It's Peace and Kindness Day. And I'd go in front of like big groups, and you know, I, you know, I took videos and stuff, but it was more than just that. It was more than like I didn't post really. It wasn't like trying to go, you know. In today's day and age, so much is like for the gram and for TikTok. And anyways, it was more like a documentary project in a way for me. Um, and also like 
the, 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 the capturing a video is really helping me stay disciplined. Like, did I get a video today? Did I go out today? Did I interact with somebody? And so I, it's kept me really disciplined and I would definitely do like three or four, I would do several interactions on any given day, but I had to take at least one video of somebody saying it, not me. That was really the goal. And so to, to answer your question, Lika, it was, uh, this project really brought me to like this, like space of wanting to share light and to, um, you know, brighten people's day and to create something that was beneficial to humanity. Um, and then the pandemic happened and all the travels stopped and I basically built a cabin on a meditation retreat and stayed there for two years while the pandemic, you know, passed us by. And during that time, I, I had a lot of time to reflect and think about what I wanted to do and what I wanted to build and what I wanted to, to see. And so really Dowfinder is like sort of the mature evolution of such a kind of a whimsical gimmicky type thing. Um, but it's this, this, the same intention is there. It's like to make something beautiful, make something useful, bring people together, you know, build something that, that, that will help people, live like a better life, I guess, is how I could most simply describe it. Well, thank you, I love it. Um, we've been talking about so many things together. We had like the best, most deep, like meaningful conversation around so many subjects. So I kind of want to jump into like some of the stuff we already talked like off um, and just kind of flow in what we would normally share between us. Do you have any topic that is coming right now? I have some, if not. I want you to provide the topic. Okay, <laughs> okay fair enough. Um, well, I want to flow with like what we were sharing today um, around dating, around feminine and masculine energies, and yeah, how speaking our truth, it's something that we are very committed to especially with connecting with new people making new connections and I think it's kind of also linked to that mission you're on to connect like this conscious community because I feel like um, especially growing up in the society we had so many opportunities to connect with people but it's usually stays very surface level and what we've created for ourselves now it's a very close circle of friends and even the people we are dating or interacting interacting with is very intentional and we usually skip the bullshit like we met maybe we can even start with the how we met and then flow into that yeah um so I, i'm gonna tell my part of the story before you enter in the bubble and then you take over okay so um, I was uh, going, it was a Sunday, I was still healing from my wisdom tooth uh, surgery and I go with my loved one, Amandine, that I mentioned so much on this podcast. Um, we get to have coffee and this day Amandine is really moody. Uh, she's the big time introvert and I'm the extrovert one. So it's, it's just the perfect yin yang. And these days, she's like, I don't want to talk to anyone. And she just <laughs> go in her bubble. And I'm just here trying to drink something because I cannot eat anything. Um, still with my surgery, I'm still in a lot of pain that day. So we were going there for comfort. 
Next thing you know, <laughs> there's Jeff coming to our table and you can, you can share it now. Well, I'll pick it up right there. So they had arrived uh, maybe, what, half an hour? Like, I was there first. And so I was sitting there having coffee with Alex. And uh, I had met Alex, I guess, like the week before. So super new friend, uh, you know, talking about some, like, I forget what we were talking about. But anyways, (laughs) tell me. I remember what you were talking about because, like, I have to say this part of the story for transparency. It's like we overheard your table conversation <laughs> with Amandine, and we were like, so um, Alex was speaking kind of loud about consciousness and like all the spiritual stuff, and we. <laughs> With Amandine, we look at each other and we just had this eye roll, like, oh my God, some other spiritual bullshit people. <laughs> we judged, like we judged right away. So just for context, Alex was talking about that very loud and Jeff quite physically looked like the typical hippie guy, <laughs> probably a bandana and like just this like cool vibe, probably wearing crystals <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, then... Well, that's nice to know. <laughs> now I get the whole, I get the whole behind the scenes here. I know how I'm perceived. Okay, okay. I like it. Um, no, and so basically they were sitting there, you were sitting there with Amandine, who I now know and love so much. And I just, I mean, it was very abrupt. I know Alex had no idea I was doing it, but I just sort of just, boom, stood up and went straight to your table and said, hi. <laughs> and then uh, we got to talking and wound up sitting down. At, you invited us to sit down at the table. And then we probably had a another hour and a half long conversation, all four of us together. Beautiful, beautiful conversation. Yeah, it was it was it was instant instant friendship. Yeah, and the reason why I wanted to start with the the way we met is like um, we didn't go into the usual like, hey, where are you from? What do you do? And like, what's the weather like? Do you like Playa del Carmen? Like whatever. We like sat down and we were like, okay, tell us like three things that you've learned this year. I don't remember. Maybe it was three things you like about yourself. And we got like real deep, real quick. And so uh, that's why I wanted to also talk about that for the subject of like speaking our truth and connecting. And also I think it's super connected to like what you're creating with Double Finder of like bringing those people together that are looking for deeper, meaningful um, kind of interaction. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that our first interaction was a great template for how I would love all of my next first interactions to be. <laughs> so I love the openness and you're, you, Lika, are a great facilitator of openness and a leader in that. And I feel like that's what this podcast is about, is about leading uh, a community and the people toward greater truths and going deeper and finding out about themselves. And so at the table, it was definitely, you know, Lika the guide was was ushering us through the rough waters of existence to find the calm and peaceful oasis on the other side. So thank you for uh, for that. Yeah, I deeply appreciate that. Um, so 
What would you say is one of your biggest challenge when it comes to building those kind of connections? Because I know something about you is that very much like me, we are very particular about who we surround ourselves with. Um, how do you kind of filter those people and choose those people or attract those people into your life? Well, I think synchronicity has a lot to do with it and you can't really plan that. I think you have to just basically be following your excitement, following your magic, your bliss, your purpose. And I think if you, I think, are on that path, then those people will find you. And through random, seemingly random uh, encounters, And so, but I feel like it is definitely attraction. I think, I think they're attracted to you, uh, but also going to conscious events using apps like Dowfinder, you know, mixing it up with the right, uh, in the right environments, whether that's a digital place or a physical place, or I think going to the, you know, I meet friends at, you know, ecstatic dance and, um, you know, and I just look at it like it's qual. Qual quality over quantity. And I would be more interested in having like super high quality people as opposed to like a lot of people. So I just look at it like each individual person is like part of my collection and I'm like a very sophisticated collector and I just treasure my collections or my, I treasure my relationships. Like I, I really do. And I, and I feel like each individual edition is like very intentional and, I, 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 I really appreciate them and, um, I have really long and prosperous and beautiful relationships, uh, with, with specific people. Like I, I don't really like, as I go along, I just sort of like find these wonderful treasures as I go. And maybe in a year I might get two or three and that's wonderful. And I'm 40 right now. And so I've got like, 20 amazing people in my like inner circle and that's just like that's wealth you know oh, were you always like that like what's i want to know more about the transformational journey because like now you say you have all those beautiful people and i feel like you're very connected to your truth and you're you're a very powerful being like when you're in the room like maybe i was the leader and like asking the questions and creating games for us to connect but you are such a, a builder like a bridge builder between people that's literally like what you're creating with your app but that's who you are as a person as well and you have like a strong charisma like you have something extremely magnetic to you uh, i'm sure people will f feel it in the podcast but it's even more potent in real life and were you always like that or like what's your i don't want to say spiritual awakening journey but what brought you into that consciousness like that you have now that you embody now well thank you for saying that i appreciate that uh it's very beautiful And um, I think that I have, like I look back on videos of myself when I was like eight years old, and I know that that little kid is a good little kid. 
Like I, I've always been like very innocent, I think, at heart. And I, even though I had my rebellious stage, where I wanted to be like bad boy, like I wasn't ever that bad. And like I, I, I'm, I would never like go out of my way to like hurt anybody. But maybe I would hurt myself in in my destructive time of my mid twenties. Um, but yeah, I've I've after my like I had my first spiritual awakening at 20 years old. And then midway through my twenties, I went through a kind of a destructive phase, like a little bit wild and uh, rock and roll, you know, playing in bands and just wanting to be this like archetype, you know, my Jim Morrison phase. And so um, it was a little bit, you know, wild and, and, and reckless and, but all in good fun until it wasn't. And so I snapped out of that you know, pretty quick and rebuilt my life and then had another major spiritual awakening at 33 years old. Uh, actually, I was just about to turn 33. It was January um, 8th of 2015 when I had this like huge experience happen to me. And so um, that was a credible turning point in my life. And um, yeah, since then I've just been very like, I've, I've been really different actually. And I've been very intentional about who I've surrounded myself with pretty much ever since then. And so that was almost eight years ago. And so it's been, it's been fun since then. What was the trigger? Well, I had a, um, okay, I'll tell you the story. I'll make it as, I'll make it pretty brief, but okay. Well, on January the 8th of 2015, I, I celebrate this day for me every year. Like every year, January 8th happens. Um, I always like, you know, think about it. Um, and it's actually my grandmother's birthday as well. And it's Elvis's birthday as well. So, um, but rest in peace, Mimi. I love you forever. Um, but I woke up at like four in the morning and it was like two or three hours before sunrise and and I just felt like totally awake and so I flicked on some lights and you know grabbed a book and was like meditating and um and then I went into this okay so I went into this prayer and I don't usually I this is a very rare thing for me to do to pray like this it was very rare for me to do this. And, um, but I went into this like deep, like hypnotic prayer where I wasn't speaking out loud, but I was speaking very deliberately inside in like words of the heart. And, um, and so I said, I'll never forget the sentence I said, I said one very specific sentence and And then, well, I'll tell you the sentence. So I said, I'll never turn my back on you again. I'll never forget. It gives me chills thinking about it. But like very slowly, like it might have taken me like 30 seconds to say that sentence. And it was like very, very deep, slow words in my heart. And once I said that word again, right, which is the last word in that sentence, within half a second, not a full second, within half a second, instantly, all my power went out, bang. So I'll never turn my back on you again. Power's out. Yeah, 
and so I, it gives me chills thinking about it. But like, you know, I mean, there I am like crying, obviously. Like, it felt like I got hit in the face by a car because the power didn't just like shut off. It went boom. Like everything went bad. I didn't even know what happened. It felt like I got like slammed against the wall. And um, yeah, like ever since then, like it, anyway, so I, I kind of laid there and was like in tears, you know, just f- f- like bawling almost, you know, just r- like overwhelmed. And so um, anyways, like later in the day, I went on a walk, like I was just like, I, I don't know, it just transformed me in a way thinking like, oh my God, someone's listening to this. Like what I'm saying in my heart, I know it wasn't a coincidence. Like I know for a fact it wasn't a coincidence. And I'm like, just the idea of someone listening or something or some force listening to what I'm saying in my heart, like that rocked me to the core. And um, anyways, a tree had fallen across like a quarter mile down the road, a, a old big giant tree had crashed the power lines. And so that's why the power went out. But I'm thinking like, oh my God, like, you know, a hundred years ago, this giant tree was like, whatever, you know, broke through the ground. And then some kid was saying a prayer a hundred years later and it died right in that moment. And it like, wow, what? Like, I know the secondary cause was the tree, but I also know that what really caused that experience for me was something is listening. That's what I think. So anyways, that, that was the, the impetus for like my next really like spiritual chapter of my life. Wow. Thank you for sharing this story. I was so absorbed in it. (laughs) (laughs) Cause I never got the, the full story like that. You never shared that with me. You taught me about, uh, this poetry book that you read mm. also that that really helped you. Can you share more about that? Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Are you talking about the Zen Quans? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Can you say that again? Uh, the Zen Quans? <laughs> you say it. No. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the Zen Kwans, uh, I became addicted to Zen when I was uh, 19, 20 years old. I was uh, going to go to my sophomore year in college at the University of Texas, and I was a film major, and um, it was the summer before my sophomore year, and I read uh, a book. It was a very bohemian summer, as they were in Austin back in those days, and uh, I read the book uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, and I remember finishing the book. I was sitting on my front porch, I put it down, and I looked somewhere across the way, and I thought, what does this book mean? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, there, there's, it's over my head. I was like, I, I don't understand this book. Like, I want to, though. Like, there's this guy who loses his mind over this idea of quality, and he creates this, like, alter ego named Faderus, and he's, like, this philosophy teacher, but yet he's taking his son on these motorcycle trips and he's teaching him how to fix the motorcycle. I'm like, what is going on in this book? (laughs) I don't get it. And so um, I walked straight to the campus bookstore and I went downstairs and at the co-op off of the drag and like 
I went straight to the Eastern religion section and I went to the, you know, uh, X, Y, Z, Zen. I was like, where is Zen? What is that? Like, I just didn't know what Zen was. I was like, that's where I have to start to figure out this freaking book. And so, um, I found this book called, um, Zen for Beginners, I think, by Christensen, and uh, I bought it, and on the way back, I started reading it, and I was, like, hooked. Like, I was, like, addicted. Like, it changed everything. Like, the girlfriend I was dating uh, came to me, like, two weeks later and was like, what is going on? Like, you're different. And I was like, I know. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm addicted to this stuff. Like... And then anyways, the, the book that I, the poetry book that you were talking about was this small 24 hour, it was like uh, 24 seven Zen, I think is what it was called. And it was a very small pocketbook that I kept in my back pocket all the time. I'd walk to class. I had to stop like three or four times on the way there just to look at the book and read my Zen Quans. And like, I was like, you're losing it, Jeff, you're losing it. So I'd stop and I'd like open it up and I'd be like, okay, that's right. Okay. Zen. Okay. That's right you know, consciousness is the sky and thoughts are the clouds within it. And like, I just felt like I needed to re re uh, reprogram myself. And so I just was addicted to Zen for like, like, I don't know, half a year or something like that. So what did it change? Like what principles, what teachings did you implemented or what did you learn and how it influenced your life after that? I mean, it's like a whole, it's like hearing a whole new, language like a whole it'd be like someone inventing a like a new form of music that you've just never heard and like 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 playing like jazz for the first time to some like indigenous you know individual out in the you know the bushland of australia like what if there were like supposed to be like you know Uh, some jazz critic and like they're not they're born in Australia in the bush and like they hear that for the first time and they're like this is it and they don't know like <laughs> why or whatever but like that's what I felt like I was like this is it this is it and I had never you know it was like the year miss it was right before 9-11 so it was in uh 2001 the summer of 2001 and you know back then it was like we didn't even have MySpace, you know, this was like early days, like the internet was barely a thing. And like, you know, my computer looked like some, you know, some like giant, you know, box, you know, it was like huge, you know, <laughs> everything was like, it's pretty old school. And like, but I had come of age and I was like, you know, 19 years old and, you know, trying to figure it out. And, um, I just like, yeah, I hadn't been exposed to that stuff growing up in the bubble of West Houston where everyone's like waspy and, you know, Judeo-Christian type stuff. And, um, yeah, I just like kind of grew up in a bubble, uh, till I was 18 years old, moved out of the house. And once I got out of the house, it was like, you know, I had done my partying in high school actually. And I wasn't interested in like the whole college debauchery experience. I was already, I had done it and I was like, I don't, I don't care. And, um, yeah, I got really philosophical and Zen was like my entry into the consciousness, the world of consciousness. And it was like my first sort of like genre of, uh, of consciousness speak. So yeah, it felt like, like you were like 
hearing maybe your truth or what you knew deep down somewhere and you were just hearing it for the first time outside of you or something like that exactly yeah Okay, what about, I'm curious to know where I want to go. Um, you said something and I really wanted to like tap on that. Um, let me think for a minute. You, th you think for a minute, you think on that. And I want to actually turn things around and talk about you for a minute because you're so wonderful and everything. This thing is not going to be all about me. <laughs> I'm going to talk about you right now. I want to ask you some questions. Is that okay? I love it. Okay. Lika, now, can you tell me about your evolution as a spiritual being? Have you always been this magnetic and powerful, or did you just, like, experience some kind of divine rebirth at some point? Wow, that's a good question, and I love it. Thank you. Thank you for taking over. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um... I definitely feel like I had so many death and rebirth, to be honest. So I love that you use that wording. Um, I tend to say, and I celebrated my birthday recently, and I tend to say that I had so many lives in that life, and I'm only 27 years old. Um, part of my story and my spiritual rebirth or awakening, or however you want to call it, came from, from me was from a dark place feeling like I grew up in a system where I was never fitting in and I felt very different from a very young age and I felt like I was not fitting in at school and I felt I was not fitting in in my own home with my parents and my family and I just felt something was off like and I turned it on me like I'm wrong there's something wrong with me um, because everyone outside were embodying a truth and values that just didn't resonate with me but I couldn't I was not that aware and to put it into words it was just a feeling of being a misfit and feeling confused and lost and and just experiencing pain in the difference not difference as oh it's curious we're all so different and we bring so many things to the table but in in why what's wrong with me What's, what's wrong with me? Why, why do I feel all those things? Why do I want to um, preach love and compassion? And no one is talking about that. And why everyone is like focused on like what you do at school and like who do you want to become? Like what's your job and money and status? And, and, and you know, when I talked about surface conversation, I feel like I've suffered from it from a very young age. And then people pleasing, following what my parents have chose for, chose for me to, to study and do a, go in the path of doing a preparatory school and a business school um, because I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know. I didn't even ask myself the question. I was just wanting to make my parents happy and what they wanted for me in, in good intentions was for me to have status and money so they wanted me to have the best studies. So I went into that and again, felt like I was not fitting in and got really depressed, really depressed from the environment in which we were operating. Just a lot of competition and judging and talking about each other is like, like, you know, gossiping. 
And I was like, I don't get it. I don't understand the social codes like that are at play. And I want something deeper. I want something more meaningful. I want something that connects us. And so I started to be very passionate. You know, my thing at the time, it was not the Zen Kwan's. <laughs> it, was, it was the entrepreneurship. I started reading all the books I could about those self-made men and self-made women. And what was interesting in it for me was like the mindset behind it and the spirituality. But I couldn't see that. I didn't know that. But it was kind of like what attracted me to that. I was binge watching. Like I remember being in depression in my room and the only thing I could do was binge watch YouTube was a thing at the time because I'm much younger than you. <laughs> um, and, and binge watching YouTube and just what they were saying about the mindset and believing in yourself and believing in your dreams and how things happen and synchronicities. And, and suddenly I found people like me. And I think that the second big stage was discovering yoga. So again, it started from feeling very lost and confused in my life numbing into alcohol and party and just destroying like self-destruction big time um and suddenly i had an accident where i really hurt myself really bad i uh, had to get to that point like almost burning two houses because i was drunk sleeping in my own vomit like like just like really going into the self-destruction real bad for me to have this this moment this accident where it hurt my face so much that I was like it, it has to stop and that's at the same moment synchronicity life happened um, I discovered yoga and that opened myself to all this world that I'm in now because for the first time I was I think what's the most transformative about yoga apart from completely changing my relation to my body was being introduced to the philosophy of yoga and that's the first time i had this moment where i'm like i always felt like an alien and i'm like oh my god they're other like me so it's kind of similar story of like recognizing this thing that i've always believed in and i was like oh it's actually a thing because yoga it's so much it's, it's beyond the posture it's not even the posture the postures are like 10 percent of yoga So if you study a little bit of the philosophy of yoga, you know that it's like a lifestyle, a philosophy, a way of living your life. Um, it's about compassion. It's about not harming yourself, not harming others. It's about so, so many things that I deeply resonated with. And the second thing was meditation. Like for the first time, for five minutes, I sat down and I watched my thoughts and I'm like, what? I'm not my thoughts. Like, I can actually, like, observe myself thinking. Like, so it changed my life because it, it brought so much peace to a time where I was in anxiety and everything. And, yeah, another big death and rebirth is me being Lika. And that was only two years ago, going through one of the hardest breakups. So, again, it always, my transformation, I feel like, comes from, like, dark shadow places I think th I think that's one of my strengths as well it's like 
my willingness and like also it happens to me kind of but my willingness to go in the dark and kind of go there like go deep into it and transform and come back from it so different and so changed and I think that's one of my superpowers and so yeah getting my heart broken and this opening the door to all of my childhood traumas and all the things that I brushed under the rug and I decided to sit with it for nine months just me and my pain and the dark and dancing with it and transmuting it having my sexual awakening that's a whole other story but I'm recording a podcast with you so I kind of want you to also share but yeah thank you for asking and I always share the story in a different way every time I'm asked because you know it brings different things so I'm happy you've done this I'm thank you (laughs) it's interesting our paths are very similar in a way like you had a time of self-destruction so did I you discovered this new philosophy that radically changed your consciousness, yoga philosophy, and so did I, Zen. So, you know, we've walked a similar path, even though I am way older than you. Yeah, 100%. I, I love that, and I think that's why we get along so much. And one of the reasons why I love you so much and I admire you so much is how you embrace polarities i think you do that without even knowing it it's very natural for you to flow between your feminine and your masculine energies and to have so much like not it's beyond like just feminine and masculine energies it's just that yin yang uh holding all facets of you where you are like super deep like you want to go deep you want to have the conversation and you get into the things but at the same time you're so bright and so funny and you're like you like to like vibe up there like super light super funny and you do that with everything in life which I absolutely adore so do you see that in yourself or is it something you like cultivate it's just just raw talent (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know i know (laughs) um what else is there anything you want to talk about in like anything you're channeling i want to talk about this i want to talk about something very important lika I want to talk about season three of this podcast and what your intentions are, what your thinking is going to happen, what your, what your plans, you know, who are you going to bring on? Let's talk about your vision, your life, your, your radical transformation of the community here with your podcast and your audience. And, you know, I just want to shine a light on the audience right now. If you are into Lika, you are into the right stuff. I mean, you are tapped in to the juice and I applaud you for that. Well done. You're the best. I love you so much. Thank you. Um, yeah, let's share about the vision for my season three. Um, if you haven't listened to the first episode of this season three, go ahead and do that right now. Like, I'm giving you orders now. Um, this intention for this season three, so the podcast has always been about authentic sharing and just getting good conversation what i say when i ask people to come on my podcast maybe i can share about that because i've never shared it 
Um, the way I reach out to people and ask them to be in my podcast is just because I love the shit out of them. So I won't lie. I'm like, oh, we're having great conversation. I just want to have a mic to like capture that a little bit. Which, if you think about it, it's always different, right? When you put a mic, it's not the same flow of conversation exactly. You can get close to it, but not quite. But I always say it's it's just like sacred sexuality. Everything that I teach about sacred sexuality where we remove the goal of orgasm and we're not going for like performance or goal-oriented. We're just going there for pleasure. So the podcast is the exact same thing. It's like... We connect, we have a good talk, we have pleasure. And then maybe as a result, we have an episode. So that has been all along, all those episodes, the, the, the journey and the intention, and that would stay the intention. I think that season three is also going to be, no, I don't think I know, season three is about the masculine. I really want to shed a light on the incredible men that I have in my life and the one that are bringing a lot of consciousness and presence and transformation in the world. Season two was about women. We talked a lot about pussy power and transforming and, you know, this feminine empowerment, feminine embodiment, all those subjects. And my personal journey is always what's inspired my work because if I transform and I learn stuff and it feels good, I just want to share it. So it's it's about how I've, I don't want to say healed because I'm still deeply on this journey, but I've made so much, I don't know how to call it, like transformation, like feel good movement in my body in the way that I see and relate to the masculine. Um, so that's, that's, my intention I'm curious to know like how do you feel and how do you experience like being in this space being like having a light shed on you Jeff on like hey you're like the first masculine on this podcast like how do you feel about that and maybe also go into like how do you relate with the feminine maybe I have a great question for you what do you like most about the feminine it's very easy actually for me to respond to because um, I have a lot of girlfriends and like sisters, individuals that I share close platonic love with happen to also be female. Um, you know, I might have, like I said, like 20, like close, intimate, personal, deep connections. I, probably 12 of those are female. So I honestly lean a bit to the feminine, I believe. In my own self, perhaps it's possible. I, I probably shift, alternate, but I feel like I'm very balanced uh, in my energies. Um, and what I love about the feminine is is the presence, is the, 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 the being ness of the feminine energy in general and the masculine energy in in general seems to me to be more about doing and effectiveness and achieving and from a to b and it seems like the feminine is more rooted in the present moment for me um as far as what's being felt what's being 
felt. Yeah, it's more in touch. The feminine, my feminine, and feminine in general, I believe, is more in touch with the the feelings, the emotions, the present moment, what is being felt in that moment. And from what I've seen of my masculine side and a lot of my masculine, you know, leaning individuals, most of them happen to be male. Um, a lot of these individuals and in, in, in groups, masculine groups, energy, masculine energy groups, you might say, are, are without a lot of that aspect. And I find that aspect to be the most valuable aspect is a, a, a deep connection with what is being felt. And cause emotions are, I mean, come on, that's like, that is the juice of life. What are you feeling? What is it being experienced? Like these are emotions. Let's reflect on them and let's acknowledge them and treat them as very valuable and, and be aware of them. And so I feel like, um, that's what I love about the feminine energy, the, the cosmic feminine, uh, the universal force of the feminine energy, which is in everybody, obviously. Um, but, um, yeah, that's, that's my answer. Which is super interesting because we had this conversation and I even mentioned it right before the podcast of expressing you expressing how hard it is to grow up in a man's body, in a male body and how difficult it is to make space for your emotions. Like when you do that, can you, can you touch on that? Can you explain like, like your perspective? Cause I will never know. I never had this experience. Like this conditioning by gender of how you're expected to feel and express yourself and how maybe hard it is for you to move past that or to because like you, you said it you mentioned like this is what you love the most about the feminine and you love um this in connection right like expressing emotions and everything can you talk more into that it's really like it's a language that the feminine inherently understands. And a lot of the masculine leaning entities, individuals, persons don't really speak the language as well as the more feminine leaning individuals. And so as a, as a, well, let's say it as a male body, I, I surrounded myself growing up for the first decade or two or whatever, three of my life, even now. I'm around a lot of males. I have a lot of male friends. and But I think growing up, as far as my influences go, uh, and these these originating influences of when you're developing, you know, the genesis of your personality and who you're surrounded by, we're like sponges. And so I feel like the influences growing up in Texas as a man, Uh, it was very devoid, a lot of the, this language that the feminine automatically speaks. I mean, I go to my parents' uh, house parties, and it's still like, you know, it's like the movie Giant. I don't know if you've seen it, but Elizabeth Taylor, you know, the, the enlightened Virginia liberal, comes to Rock Hudson's big Texas ranch, and after dinner, the men go over here and talk politics, and the women are over here just talking about God knows what. And Elizabeth Taylor's like, I'll have none of this. No, I want to talk about meaningful things. Politics are interesting to me. So there's a masculine and feminine divide in this, you know, archetypal Texas culture. And that's kind of what I grew up in. Cause to this day, you know, going up to house parties with my parents, it's like the women are over there and the men are over there. 
like a lot of times. And so I, I'm a lot of times with the girls and I find their conversation to be way more interesting 95% of the time. And I don't really care what the guys think. I'll, I'll buzz over there sometimes and kind of, you know, bump shoulders and whatever. And there's, there's beauty in that masculine simplicity. You know, they're just like, like a lot of them are just, they're so simple. They don't know what's going on inside. They don't know what they're feeling, but they're just making jokes, you know, and kind of, they're fun. But you go over to the women's side and it's way more enlightened. You know, you're, 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 you're talking about, you're feeling the connection, you're feeling the presence, you're looking in their eyes and you're feeling the light in their eyes. And I'm with the, the ladies most of the time. And so, um, yeah, growing up, you know, I think at some point I just said, screw it. I'm, I'm just going where the interesting conversation is. And most of the time it's with the, with the women. So something interesting as well is that it can be also a bit confusing for you to 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 be around that because we talked about this just right before the podcast like oh my god you feel so much like you as a woman in in general and you're like it's sometimes I feel like I don't feel anything because of this contrast Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just from my own subjective point of view, uh, there's times when I'm around or with like a partner and uh, in an intimate moment, maybe. And there's there my partner is having a lot of deep emotions, and and she's like, "What do you feel?" And I just like sometimes feel like I got nothing. Like there's nothing inside. Like I have nothing. Um, it's just being honest. Maybe it's like being physically drained. It's late in the day, and I'm just tired. Or, but I definitely think that that there is a Although I'm, I feel like a pretty balanced individual, there is a, a large masculine idiot inside of me that like isn't aware of what I feel at all times. And I'm trying to tap more into my feminine to be aware of what I feel at all times and to be like really rooted in like the emotions of the moment. And how do you like to be received by the feminine? By another individual? I think it's just individual souls. Like I just, I just connect with individual souls and if they're transparent and I can see who they are and I trust them and that's who I connect with. Um, I don't know how to answer that. Like, how do I, how do I like being received by the feminine? I think we're just with authenticity, like give me your truth. Don't play any roles, take the masks off and just be yourself. And you know, I, to me, I, I, I love individual souls. Like, it doesn't matter if you're so masculine, if you're just you and I see you, like that's, I love it. If you're so feminine and, you know, uh, totally feminine, but I see you, you're, you're, you got no, you know, games, you're not wearing any masks, you're not playing any ego games. Like, that's what I'm all about. Like just honesty, transparency, take the masks off, no ego trips. And like, yeah, I'm cool with you. Yeah. And that shows what we were talking about. Your natural flowing between polarities like you're very balanced in your energies it's like something you do quite naturally that I again I really love and admire and it's like you have you know this artist connector inside of you and at the same time you're the builder and you can like make shit happens and you are an incredible space holder as well you you really listen and you also share a lot so you're pretty balanced in all that your energies is beautiful So I think we're like on time. I'm just going to ask you then the last, the last question. If you had like 
the last message you could give to humanity? Let's say you have like a mic or a camera that is plugged and like that will channel your last message, 30 seconds message. What would you say? Be your own best friend. Let the voice inside your head sound like a best friend and listen to that voice all day, every day and choose your circle wisely, but choose a circle intentionally. You need it. You need people. Find the people that are going to be your circle, your tribe and keep them close, love them, nourish them like a plant, feed them, keep them going and be so, so kind to yourself. Well, thank you so much for that. And thank you for your presence. And do you want to promote anything? Well, I'd like to promote the app, download Dowfinder, and, you know, find the way. Thank you so much, Lika, for having me. I love you. I appreciate you so much. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more resources, coaching, and courses, visit my website and let's connect on Instagram. Please, if you found any value today in this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could support the podcast by sharing it with a friend, sharing it in your stories, or leaving us a review. Thank you.